that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. Cat, a little bit more light. A little bit, a little bit. There you go. Now I can see. That's good. Well, good morning. That was good. We're, we're kind of awake this morning. Hey, um, so we are on our second, second week of Advent, um, just moving forward as we get close to Christmas. And I just want to remind you, all Advent means is it's, uh, it's a Latin word means coming. And so I hope that you are looking forward to Christmas. I hope that you are getting excited about Christmas, not just because you're a kid and, and there might be gifts and there might be food and all that stuff, which all is very good, great reason to be excited. Um, but most of all, that it is the moment in time where God split time, where Christ came. And so, so I hope you're looking forward to all the gifts, and especially the gifts of Christmas, of hope, love, joy, and peace. But, but in that, as we continue this series, the star, and we talk about um, this idea of this journey to Christmas, and, and I know the star is only mentioned, usually in nativities, it's a lot bigger thing. It was only mentioned in Matthew, and it wasn't like, it's not a huge biblical thing, but it's the whole idea that we were following the light. And that we continue to seek and move forward towards the light. And that's really what Advent is. That's, that's the whole purpose. As, as we move towards Christmas, this idea that God himself came <coughs> and, become, and became one of us. And so th- this morning, we are in our second week, and we are talking about love. Last week was the week of hope. This is the week of love. So wives, you can expect more from your husbands um, this week. Husbands, just say yes, dear. And, and be kind and everything. Uh, but before, before we begin that, I have a couple of questions. And, and I just need you to raise your hand if this applies to you. How many of you are done with your Christmas shopping? Nice. How many of you haven't even started Christmas shopping? How many of you plan to just to skip it and have the meal at Christmas? Nice. <laughs> That's always the guys. It's the guys. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Um, <coughs> this is crazy. But it's, it's estimated that this year um, we will spend about $1 trillion on Christmas. That's a big number. That's a big number. But, but I got another, got another number that's really big for you. It's $60 billion. And you guys have an idea what that is spent on? Pets. <laughs> this year we will spend $60 billion on our pets. Now, I love my dog. I love my dog. Um, I've always had dogs. I love pets and everything. But when you think about it and you're spending all that money, what actually do they do for you? <laughs> I mean, you have to go around and clean up their messes. You've got to feed them. You've got to take care of them. You've got to do that. I mean, they really don't bring us anything or do anything for it. They don't, like, go out and get a job or earn. Like, my dogs never mowed my lawn. <laughs> we do it because we love them. We, we do it just simply because we love them. And this morning, that's, I really want to talk about love because that's such a big deal. And I am not comparing God's love towards us as our love towards our pets. <laughs> but it is such an interesting thing to me that we have these animals that we just, we just do this out of love. For no other reason, not, ex- not expecting anything back except maybe to mind and not, not chew up my couch and, and do um, any of that. There we go. Dwight L. Moody, one of my favorite preachers, um, says this. He says, the world does not understand theology or dogma, but it understands love and sympathy. I mean, it it is the thing. Last week we talked about hope. 
and the need and people searching for hope. But isn't that that song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love? Isn't that what we're all looking for? Isn't that that thing that we desire the most? And, and so, so this morning, um, I want us to dive into what love looks like. And I want to ask you some questions. How do you, how do you perceive God's love for you this morning? I, w- I want you to think about that. You know, how, how do you perceive that? How do you, th- do you think you have to earn it? Do you actually see God's love in your life living out? That's what we're going to hit today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John, 1 John chapter 4. And it's a long passage, but it, is, it explains it all. And, and I want us to hear it. And again, man, these words are the most important words you'll hear this morning. Uh, my words actually mean nothing compared to these words. My words can't change anything, but these words change everything. And so out of respect and out of acknowledgement of the authority of these words, I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read in 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 7. John writes this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God if we love one another. God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. By this, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the days of judgment, because as He is so also, we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Let's pray. God, I just thank you this morning. God, for all that we are moving towards. God, for this entire season, for Christmas and and all that it means. God, and it is so easy to get wrapped up in the busyness and the craziness and and the chores, and the lists, and, and the shopping, and, and all that stuff. God, I pray for just the next few moments. You would calm our hearts. You would settle our spirits. And that you would speak. God, more than anything else, I believe we want and we need love, real love. So God, would you just reveal that to us this morning? Would you move in our midst and have your way? God, whatever we're facing, whatever we're struggling with, whatever's going on, Father, would you just silence those and would you just speak into our hearts your love once again? God, what I have to say means no, uh, is of no consequence. God, it's what you need and want to say this morning. So God, I pray that my words would be your words, that you would hide me, that you would speak clearly, God, and that you would give us ears to hear and give us hearts to respond, Father, that we would be changed. God, that we would not only love, know love, but we would be loving people. And it would reflect in our lives as we walk out these doors. 
God, just speak now. May the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. And may you get all the credit and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So love, I mean, it, it's a big term. We throw it around an awful lot. And, and, and you know, it, it, it's become kind of like, I love this, I love that. And I think we've kind of lost, like, the, the, the big part of it. And I think part of that is that because we've used it so flippantly. And, and, and I think a big part of that is that um, we have forgotten what real, real love is and, and what it really looks like. And stuff. And so this morning, I, I want you to understand, especially about God, because sometimes I, I think it's difficult for us. We, we know and we say that God loves us. And, and, and we've heard that over and over. But the question is, is, are we actually experiencing that? And so there's a few things that I want you to know right about, about God's love towards us. And, and how I think that if we grasp that and get a hold of that, that it changes everything that we, we are looking at as we move into Christmas. And, stuff. and so the very first thing I, I, I want you to see is that lo- we have been loved from the start. You know, so often, so often um, w- we think about Christmas and we think about, you know, there, there's even, I think, a song that says, when love came down. And for some reason, we, we get this idea that, that love actually started, God's real love for us actually started when Christ came. But, but that's, that's not the truth. We have always been loved. It has always been moved. In fact, this entire book can be based on just a few words. If you want to know the entire doctrine of the Bible and everything that God has done and everything that God continues to do, you can know it by just a few words. It's for God so loved. And, and so it's not something that like we, we've earned over time. It's not something that just began over time. It's, it has always been in God's DNA. It has always been in God's heart that he has always loved us. And, and my prayer is, is that um, you understand that Man, that's not dependent on you. And that's not, in fact, that's not, that has nothing to do with how good you are, how smart you are. In fact, turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Starting at verse 4, Paul wrote this. He says, And even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which with he has blessed us in the beloved. I mean, hear that again. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, before there was a star in the sky, before there was water on this planet, before any air or wind blew, God looked through time and he said, I love you we 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 have we have always been loved and and the thing is it it isn't dependent on us it's not how good or how smart i am or or how generous i am or how talented i am nothing has to do that it is that he chose us before any of us before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye god loved you before you were ever even thought of being born god loved you and so it has always been and it always will be that we have been loved from the start. The problem is, is, is a lot of times it, it's really, that kind of love is beyond our understanding, isn't it? 
I mean, I mean sometimes it, it's hard to actually accept and, and believe like someone could actually just love me no, no matter what I've done, no, no matter where I've been or, or, or who I am or, or the way I look, that, that he just, someone just loves me. It, it, it's beyond our understanding. But the truth is, is God loves us and that's final. And he, and he always has loved us. And it's not only that we were loved from the start, but we're also loved enough. Again, I, I think it's easy for us to say, yeah, God loves me. And it's easy for us to hear that and say, okay, yeah, I know God loves me. God is love and all that stuff. But I think when, when we start thinking about that love and we start looking at our life, we wonder, well, is it enough? Is it, is it, is it all consuming? Is it all over everything? Or is it he only loves certain things of me? And, and because of that, I think we doubt love. You know, have, have you ever doubted? Have you ever doubted God's love for you? Have you ever doubted like, well, he really, I, you know, I did this and I've done that. So he really couldn't love me for that. You know, I don't know how many people I've talked to and says, man, I would love to be in a relationship with God, and I'd love to follow him, but there are things that I've got to deal with that I've got to clean up first because I don't think his love will cover that. And, and, we, and we doubt it. I mean, I, I want you to hear something. If you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to hear this. There is nothing that you uh, could ever do to make God love you more, and there is nothing that you have ever done to make God love you less. I mean, just, just let that kind of sink in this morning. There's nothing that you could ever do, and there's nothing you could ever have done that would change God's love for you. It's already perfect. It, it, it's, it's complete. It, it's absolute. There are no questions about it. It, it is, it is you, you can doubt everything else in your life if you want to, but you cannot doubt God's love for you. And if you don't believe me, just open this book once in a while. I mean, look at the Christmas characters. A lot of those people, those weren't the most lovely-looking people. Think about it. You had, you, had a little, you had a 13-year-old kind of peasant girl living in a backwater town. You had just a little carpenter. You had some shepherds that were smelly and not really trustworthy. You had foreigners, some mystics from a different land. All these people that you would think that... that if, if I had to choose who was going to be the father and the mother and, and, and the parents of, of God, you, you would think they'd choose royalty or they'd choose somebody special or the priesthood or something. But no, God chose like just ordinary stuff that people aren't so lovable that you would think like, ah, I don't know about that. But there's not, it, it doesn't work that way. As I've like looked at this this week, I've just been overwhelmed with the idea that God loves me. And that I can't change that fact. And, and, and that it's not how well I preach or how big a church I pastor or how my family does. It, it is all about that God loves me because I'm me. And God loves you because you're you. And, and I can doubt things, but I can't doubt God's love because over and over in the Bible I see people that actually I look pretty good against <laughs> you know I, I look at people like, like Abraham who lied a couple of times I, I look at people like David who, who cheated on his wife and murdered someone I look at Moses who, who, who 
murdered somebody. I, I look at Peter, who at one instance was saying the perfect thing, and the next instance was being called Satan by Jesus and told to get behind him. I look at Paul, who was the, the persecutor of the church. And I look at him and says, man, I haven't done any of that stuff. You can't doubt God's love for you. And, and that would be my prayer. Uh, if, if anything else this morning in this Christmas, that you would understand how amazing God's love is for you. I, I love this. In Ephesians 3, Paul writes this. And he says, this is my prayer, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, that's my prayer for all of us. And that we would, we would just begin to comprehend the breadth and length and height and the depth of how great and how unshakable this love is that we have. I mean, if you just think about the story of Scripture, God made us, we chose our own way. We said, we're going to do it better, so God, we don't want anything to do with you. And yet he still pursued us. He kept sending leaders and prophets and setting up things until the day came where he himself came as Christ and Jesus was born. I mean, how can you ever doubt God's love for you? How can, if you ever doubt love, I just, I just ask you to do one simple thing. Look at the cross. If you ever doubt that God could love you, look at the cross. How he would endure such a thing. And, and I love there's, a, there's an old saying is that um, you know, his love for me is what held him there. They didn't even need nails. That if you and I were the only person on the planet, he still would have come and he still would have done that. And for us to just begin to acknowledge that and to understand that, man, that would be incredible. Because it is a love. It's an unshakable love. It's an unchangeable love. It, it, it's a powerful love. It's a love that we can't do anything about. In fact, one of my favorite passages, favorite chapters in the Bible is Romans 8. Turn to Romans chapter 8. You want to read a really good chapter? Read this chapter this week. But in Romans chapter 8, down, all the way down towards uh, verse 38, Paul has just given this whole kind of like treaties about this is Christ and this is his love for us and this is all that he's done and, 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 and all this stuff. And, and then finally, at verse 37, he says, Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's an amen. Nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us. Nothing can change it. Nothing can ruin it. Nothing can pull us out of that. You, you want to talk about security. You know, we live in a society today that, like, one, you know, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And by the way, that's also in the church. 
where we go into relationships and, and we spend our lives like dating and, and practicing dating and we break up with people and we do this and people let us down and people disappoint us, even our family, our close relatives, everyone that we know. Somebody at some time disappoints us. I disappoint you. You disappoint me. It's going to happen. And we wonder about love and all that stuff. So the one thing that we never can doubt or never have to doubt is that God's love is unchanging, unshakable, unbreakable, and it's always there available. That's good news. That's what Christmas is about. We have always been loved and we continue and we are loved enough. There is nothing, nothing, nothing in our lives that changes God's view and God's love for us. That's good news. That's like that wants me to jump up and down and and, and say, Yeah, I'm loved. You remember? For those of you who remember, remember, you know, I remember when my wife said yes. I'm not a dancer, but inside I was I was boogieing on the beach. I was just like, yes, I can't. I just want to shout this out and I just want to be I am loved. And people still today look at her and say, really? (laughs) You said yes. Amen. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I can't believe it, she's still here. <laughs> she didn't sneak out at tonight. <laughs> I didn't even have to change the locks, this is awesome. <laughs> and, and we do that, and so when we know we're loved like this, when we know that that love is all-encompassing and, and all just all-powerful and just all in us and that we are loved like that, wouldn't it be a love that overflows? Wouldn't that be a love that just pours out of us? I mean, I told everybody. And and I knew I was in love with her on our first date. I mean, I called my dad that night. I said, Dad, how do you know? He's like, oh, it's too late for you. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. It it was so funny because it was, uh, this this was weird because I'm not, like, I'm kind of romantic. Like, I like some stuff, but... But, man, I, I looked at her on that first date, and I planned, like, this perfect date, and I wrecked my ankle, and I was limping, and we dropped, like, the, we had, I had to dig through garbage for our sunglasses because they fell out. I mean, everything, this perfect little private beach that we thought was just the most wonderful place, and I was thinking, nobody ever comes here, Captiva, Sanibel Island, nobody comes here, and this entire, like, f- 100 people came out and started playing volleyball all over. <laughs> and, and at the end of it, I said, I think I love you, and, and I, I, you know, I just, I just, I think this is it. I said, so let's go home. And if we wake up in the morning, then, then we'll say, yes, it is true. And, and we, we, we confirm it and stuff. So it's not just emotion. And so I went to church, came home, called her, and I said, well. <laughs> and then the loving, graceful woman she is is like, well, what? Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, is when she said, yes, man, I called everyone and I told everyone. If we do that with a love that's just... I mean, what's capable for us to love, humanly possible, why wouldn't the love that we know we have from God just overflow from us? I mean, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't love her even close to what God loves her. And I can't be loved by anyone even close to what God loves me. And so wouldn't that be a love that would just overflow out? Why, why would we keep that in? 
Why, why would we not just pour that out? Because it, it, is, it is God's love in us that flows out to others. It, it has to be. If it's truly God's love in us, then it's going to pour out. Look at, look at this. First Peter one one twenty two. Peter writes this. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Love is not love if it doesn't keep going, if it doesn't keep flowing. Love is not love if it's not spreading. Because love is contagious. And it spreads and it goes. And it's something that we can't just keep to ourselves. It's, it's something that we can't just hold on to ourselves. It is a love that says, if I'm so loved by God, how can I not love other people? How can I not look down my street in my neighborhood or across my office or, or wherever I'm at and just say, man, I'm just, God, I know you love me. And because of that, I'm in love with all these people. Because I know you love them. How can, how can it not flow out of that isn't that the message of christmas that it is not only that that love is here in flesh and blood and we see the fullness of who god is and his love for us but then also that it spreads out think about just the movement of the church and the christian and the christian faith that started in a little tiny town in bethlehem that nobody thought about it was a footnote and, and it spread out through that area and across the world and around the globe and it kept going and it's still growing today and it's driven and drawn by love when we are loved that much how can we not love others how can that love not just flow out of us how can that love not be seen every single day and that's that's a love you know and i i didn't even get into i love that when the new testament was written it was written in the time of greek Horrible class to take. <laughs> I've got a stack of cards this much with like Greek words and stuff that I had to learn and how to parse them. But the Greek is a very exact language. And, and I love that it talks about there's, there's phileo love, there's that brotherly love, you know, like chest bump love. You know, what's up, man? You know, <laughs> it's just that. It's like, I love you like a brother or a sister. You know, there, there's eros, which is like a physical love. But, but every time God talks about his love for us, it is agape. It is a love that is unending, unchangeable, and it is a love that doesn't require anything from us. That's God's love for us. It, it makes sense to me now if Jesus, when Jesus says, if you love me, you'll do what I say. If you truly love me, man, you're going to pour yourself into this. Because I showed you, I made an example, I loved you so much, I poured myself out for you. So it is, it is a love that has always been there. It is a love that we don't have to doubt, that we don't earn, and it is a love that should overflow from us and pour out, especially this time of year. Th there's a couple things I, I just want you to hear. Turn back to 1 John. And I, and I know this is, a, this is a really long passage. And, and I challenge you this week just to really just... Just read this over and over again. But there's a couple things I want you to just get out of this if you don't hear anything else this morning that we just need to know about this idea of love. Let me read it to you again, starting at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. 
In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to, the, to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, all, as he is so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. There's three things I, w- I want you to hear out of that. The very first thing is that God is love. He is the definition. He's the creator. He's the founder. He's the maintainer and sustainer of love. God is love. You can look through all scripture and you see that theme. You know, I know a lot of people say, well, if God is love, look in the Old Testament. Look at all those times, but how many times did God say, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait? See, the problem is, is we, love, we like the idea that God is love, but we also have to remember that God is just, and he is righteous, and he is holy, and he has always expected us to be. And in that love, because he loves us, we can be righteous, we can be holy, we can live the life that we were always supposed to live. But it's all based on the fact that God is love. I can't love my wife the way I ought to love her if I don't love God. If I don't love Jesus more, I can't. I, I honestly don't have a clue on how marriages and people get on through relationships without the love of God in them. Because he is the creator, the definer, the sustainer of love. And so that's the first thing. Second thing is we can know and rely on God's love. Isn't that what we read in Romans? That there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. There's nothing that can change the love of God. There's nothing that we can do to make him love us more. There's nothing we can have done or can do to make him love us less that we can rely on it, that it is a promise. Every day I can wake up, and if I don't know anything else about the day, I can know one thing for sure, God loves me. And he has proved it over and over and over and over and over again. I can trust in that. You know, we, we've had the privilege of living all different places and all kinds of different cultures all over this world, and we've traveled and we've done that. And the one thing that is always constant the one thing that never, ever changed is that God's love for us. And then people are going to come and go from this church. It's an, I hate it, but it's a natural part of what churches are. People come, they're here for a season, they go. 
People are going to come in and out of your life. Things are going to change. You know, we were thinking about this Christmas. Um, after this Christmas, my oldest daughter will be married. My youngest daughter lives in North Carolina. And it's, there's just me, my wife, and my mother-in-law. And we're going to wall off the mother-in-law suite. Uh, we didn't tell you that yet. But, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, people come and go. There are things. If one thing we know that life is not is constant. We're always in flux. Isn't it nice to know this morning that I can rely on and that something that never, ever, ever for all eternity will never change is God's love. I can rely on that. And the final thing is we love because God first loved us. You and I had nothing to offer God. You and I had nothing of value to bring him. We love because he first loved us. We, we have come to know him because he drew us, that he gave us understanding, that, that he let us know about himself, that he revealed himself. It is, and we can love others because he first loved us, because there's so much of that love, because there's, it, it's, it never reaches the bottom of that love, that it is an inexhaustible source that continues and flows in it, that we can constantly love people all the time. Listen, how many of you have company coming over for Christmas? How many are really excited about company coming over? How many of you in about three days after they're there are excited that they're almost gone? <laughs> I mean, the, the truth is, is, man, we are called to love, and we can't love the way we should love unless God loves us and your first time we're filled and that love overflows from us because God's love can't be contained. As much as you want to try it, as much as you want to do it, God's love can't be contained. And that's all because he first loved us. So if you don't hear anything else this morning, think about those three things this week. One, God is love. It's constant. We know we can rely on God's love and we love because God first loved us. Remember those things. Go over those things. Think about them over and over again. Dwight L. Moody again. I love this. If we have got the true love of God shed abroad in our hearts, we will show it in our lives. We will not have to go up and down the earth proclaiming it. We will show it in everything we say or do. That's real love. When it just flows out of us. And what an amazing time of year to be able to live that way. Because like I said last week, this is a time of year where people, they're a little bit nicer. They're a little bit more hopeful. They're a little bit more searching. This world needs hope. But they'll see that hope because we love. In the way we love. In the way we live out love. And so my only question for us this morning is, how does love show up in your life? It, it's easy to love those lovable. <coughs> you know, when my kids were little, it was easy to love them because they were cute and adorable. They became teenagers, and then I had to pray every day. <laughs> You know, Mark, Mark Twain once said, he says, when you have kids, put them in a barrel. 
leave a hole open and feed them. When they become teenagers, plug the hole. (laughs) 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 See, see, love towards people that are easy to love and agreeing with you all the time, that's simple. Even Jesus said, he says, what does it profit to love your friends? It's easy to love your friends. What about those people that are hard, that are annoying, that are bugging you, that are bah humbugs? How will you love them? Because when they see that love, there's hope. There's peace. There's joy. And that's the journey to heaven. This morning, I just want to give us a chance to respond to this. I want you, and maybe you just need to sit there and just hear God whisper once again in your heart, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Maybe you've never experienced that before. Maybe this morning you're sitting here going like, I know Christmas, I know God is love, but man, Pastor, I have no idea what you're talking about because I don't feel loved. Can I tell you, it is as simple as admitting, God, I need that love. I know I've done it my way. I want to do it your way. And maybe that's where you're at. Maybe there are people in your life that man, you have just struggled with and you continue to struggle with, and they're about to show up at your house for Christmas, and you're like, God, let me reflect your love. Let me love us. What, whatever it is this morning, I just my, uh, my encouragement to you, my prayer for you is that you don't leave here without at least hearing God whisper in your heart, I love you. And just letting that just kind of fill you this morning. So wherever you're at, we want to give you a chance to respond. Like I said, you can go into the prayer room. That's always available. Communion's always there. Um, you can sit there. You can sing. You can just grab your family. You know, but understand and don't leave here without being overwhelmed like I am this morning with the thought that I'm loved that much. And I want to show that love. I want to shout it on the rooftops. And let the whole world see. Let's pray.